This is uh, Straight Talk. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. 877-795-0122. What is all this about? Straight Talk is an opportunity to share your questions and comments. I got three of them lined up already. Topics of the faith, things happening in the world. Uh, and uh, when you hear uh, the sound effect, call in as you just did, 877-795-0122, or send your questions to us on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. And so um, let's, let's begin, all right, as the Jeromes uh, take off. And I want to thank Country Kitchen for bringing out the, the coffee here. We are live from Country Kitchen. Today's Real Presence Live on the road is brought to you in part by Country Kitchen in Dickinson. At Country Kitchen, they say, we believe all we have, including the business, our employees, and our customers, is a gift from God. We are located right in the tent right here. We're sitting out in the Real Presence Radio tent, 528 12th Street West here in Dickinson. You can call 701-483-9376, or you can also just drive by and honk and stop in. My staff will be down from St. Wenceslaus in a bit for some karma rolls here at Country Kitchen in Dickinson. And so let's begin I have a question here on Revelation, and this is a this is a a, a good a good question. Uh, some of the differences between Revelation uh, between uh, Catholics and non-Catholics. We have a question here about Grandma becoming an angel, and we have a question as how do we interpret the Bible? Let's start with divine revelation, all right? I think Catholics, first of all, where do we agree? Catholics and non-Catholics agree uh, in, in some aspects of, of revelation. One is that we experience the revelation of God through creation. I think there's some commonality there, uh, that we experience the revelation of God uh, through, you could say, the human conscience uh, in, in, in different ways. Uh, and I also here come the karma rolls. Thank you very much. And we also experience uh, revelation in our sharing of, of charity with with one another. But uh, there are areas where where there is um, a disagreement. And I, I think just just to summarize it, what is divine revelation? Divine revelation is is the divine revealing himself to us. It is the divine revealing the essence of the divine to us. How does that happen? Well, for Catholics, divine revelation is found in sacred scripture and sacred tradition, right? Which means God reveals the essence of his divine being to us through scripture, the Bible, and through sacred tradition. Uh, And uh, for Protestants, it would be only scriptures, right? or as they say, sola scriptura, only scripture. But if you look um, at this, what came first? I always ask my students, what what came first? Uh, scripture or tradition? And uh, the, the answer is, uh, is, is tradition. Because before the Bible was written, uh, there was oral tradition of the stories of the Bible. And so, tradi- oral tradition brought to us eventually written scripture and written scripture in effect is determined by the tradition of the church what do i mean by that that the scripture is determined by the tradition of the church uh, 
Well, first of all, let's look at Scripture. We read in Scripture that all Scripture is inspired by God. All right? We believe that. All Scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is inspired by God. Well, who tells us what Scripture is? Well, it was the tr tradition of the Church that told us what tradition is. Uh, St. Augustine wrote, I only believe in the authority of the Gospels because I first accept the authority of the Catholic Church when it says the Gospels are inspired by God. So that's a little uh, difference there. Uh, Protestants believe in only Scripture. Catholics believe in Scripture and tradition. Let's go to our next question. Remember, this is Straight Talk. It's 877-795-0122. We have uh, Karma Rolls coming out here at Country Kitchen in Dickinson, and it's a beautiful morning. Uh, let's go to an, another question. This is a question. A, a woman just lost her grandmother, and uh, her question is, um, did my grandma become an angel when she passed at the age of, of 91? We often say this, don't we, when we lose a, a loved one, that uh, our loved one has become an angel. And it's probably a, a, a nice sentiment to say. But th th let's remember that angels are angels and human beings are human beings. They're different orders of creation. Uh, and an angel is a, is a, is a, is a spirit uh, without a body. Uh, uh, an angel is a created spirit, a created soul, immortal soul without a body. Human beings are immortal souls with bodies. Now, we often portray angels as little, you know, chubby babies floating. I mean, it's, it's hard to look at an angel with that is just a spirit. So we, we give them bodies just you know, to look at them and to make them cute, fat, little chubby babies that are kind of just hanging around doing nothing, where in fact angels are very, very busy. But when we say that grandma became an angel, uh, what, what do we mean with that? Well, first of all, when, when grandma died, and, I, and I'm sorry, and I uh, uh, give my sympathies to your loss, I buried one of my grandmas. I had her funeral mass in 1995. I had another funeral mass for my other grandmother in 2006, and I'm sorry for your loss. But when your grandmother died, as when my grandmothers died, when anybody dies, the soul separates from the body. It's the separation of body and soul. The soul goes to heaven for judgment, and then as I did in my 700 funeral masses that I've offered as a priest, the body goes into the grave where it awaits its resurrection to be united with that soul. So when we die, we, we technically become disembodied immortal souls waiting for the resurrection of the body. Uh, or or it's, to make it real simple, we say we have angels in heaven, but they're not. Uh, but grandma's body is uh, in, the, in the grave. Uh, this is a point of grief for us. This is why it's so important to bury our dead, because we visit the graves. And uh, our souls, which go before God and are judged, uh, are await for the resurrection of that body. All right. I got another question here about dogs going to heaven. Let me throw that in while we're here. 
Does my dog have a soul? St. Thomas Aquinas said that animals, which is another created uh, being, another order of creation. Remember, there's, there's angels, there's human beings, there's animals, there's vegetation, there's fire, air, earth, water. Th- these are all orders of, of creation. Animals now uh, do not have an immortal soul, but uh, Thomas Aquinas called them, they, they have a principle, a spirit of animation. Uh, and w- what does this mean? Uh, it means that my, my, my dog uh, it, it d- does not have an immortal soul destined to see the beatific vision as, as I do. But, but uh, to say that dogs go, don't go to heaven um, is something even Peter Kreeft said is, is not true in one of his books, which is about the details of heaven. Peter Kreeft says that everything that's a part of us, everything that we loved, will be with us in heaven or we will see in heaven. It reminds us of what St. Paul wrote, that eye isn't seen, ear isn't heard, nor is it so much dawned on man what God has prepared for those who love them. Uh, we, we have a, a dominion over animals, right? That, that's why I can enjoy a steak tonight uh, w- without feeling guilty. Uh, they, they are, we have dominion over them as we read in scriptures, but they also become a part of us, all right? So I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be that priest that tells the first grader that, that her cat's not going to heaven. <laughs> you, you may find a priest that will say that. I'm not going to say that. And so let's, let's leave it there with, with dogs in heaven. All right. Uh, I got one more question here. The number is 877-795-0122. This is Straight Talk with Monsignor Schumacher. It's, it's easy, to, easy to stump me. And uh, actually, I, I do know the answers to, to some of these uh, questions. I got a question here about uh, reading the Bible word for word. Uh, can I uh, read the Bible word for word? I don't think so. My teenage nephew thinks he, he has to. Uh, that it, what is the difference between taking the Bible word for word or if we don't take it word for word, how do we understand the Bible? All right, this is another, this is another 18-week course, which I'm going to answer in about two minutes. First of all, we know that God is the author of Scripture. We know that God is the author of the Bible. We, we know that uh, God... Uh, is uh, inspired somebody to write the Bible. So if God inspired a human author to write his saving message, how does this all work? This all works by saying uh, that uh, they they are both authors. God is the author of Scripture, but God really inspired a human author to write his saving message. So we can say that they are both authors. That's why the personality of each gospel writer comes through with his writing. That's because the historical situation of each gospel writer comes through the writing. This is why, for example, we have in the Gospel of Luke uh, this parable we just heard, this, this parable of the Good Samaritan. It's also where we have in Luke the parable of the prodigal son because Luke wrote his gospel for the Gentiles. He wrote his gospel for those who may feel abandoned and need to be welcomed. So the personality of each author comes through, but still God is 
is the author, all right? So it's a, they are both authors. God inspired a human author to write his saving message. Now, when we talk about error in the Bible, there's, we, we can say uh, that there is no error, and we can say that there, that there is error. We say that there is no error, which Vatican II said clearly, there is no error in the Bible regarding the saving message in the Bible regarding the saving truth that comes from the text of the Bible. In that we say that there is no error in the Bible. But when we say that everything in the Bible is perfect, we, we have to look at the, the errors in the Bible that are verbal errors. For example, the confession of St. Peter is, is different throughout the Gospels. The, the words above the cross are, are different. The experience of the two thieves on Good Friday, th- how that is played out is, is different. So e- even though there are differences, it's still, it's still without error. And we also have to remember, you know, for example, when I was walking Romeo, my Dalmatian, I saw the sun rise this morning. So if I, if I write a book and say, oh, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful walk this morning, I saw, I saw the sun rise this morning. Well, did I really see the sun rise? No, it, it's a saying that we have. I, I saw the earth rotate, really, or experience the earth rotate, which made uh, the, it appear that the sun would rise. So, so there are sayings, even, that we use all the, all the time that we, we can't take literally. It's the same in the Bible. But remember, there is no error in the Bible regarding the saving truth we need to be saved, but there are differences in the Bible as these human authors displayed their personality, their historical situation. And also, by the way, the Gospel of Mark. Let's talk about the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark was probably written in Rome. It was written in Rome. It was written in Rome. And the, the geography that is used in the Gospel of Mark is some surprising geography. It, 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 would, be, it would be like Jesus went from Fargo to Bismarck by way of uh, superior Wisconsin. It, 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 there, there, there are directions in the Gospel of Mark which, which, which just don't make sense, which, which, which leads one to believe that one is telling the story here that is not completely familiar with the, air, with the area, but that doesn't make the saving truth in the Gospel wrong. All right? We have somebody from Dickinson on the phone. Good morning. Good morning, Monsignor. Thank you for your work. My question for Straight Talk is, um, speaking um, for someone who is Catholic, can you speak to why confession is important? I'm, I'm not trying to sway a Protestant or non-Catholic, just uh, someone who already is a believer in the Catholic faith to encourage them to go to confession. Why is it important? Why should we go? You know, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story uh, that I that I tell my seven-year-olds when I prepare them for first uh, confession and First Holy Communion. This is a story I tell when I uh, have the parents in for the parent instruction. Uh, It it actually is, is a true story. Most of my stories are true. In 1986, when I came back from NDSU, uh, I lived in Williston. I came back uh, from uh, from college, 
and uh, uh, it was a quarter break. NDSU, go Bison, were, uh, uh, there you go. NDSU was on the quarter system back then. There are many of you that have no idea what that means. But we, we had quarter break uh, at Thanksgiving, and we I came home, drove from uh, Fargo to Williston, came in, and uh, because the weather had changed, I had a coat on, and I and I broke I broke a vase. I turned, and a, a vase in the house broke, and uh, it, it was it was a vase that had more value than than beauty. It was a part of our family history. But anyway, here's the situation, where where my mother is there, and I and I break the vase. She saw that I broke the vase. We're we're both standing there. And we're looking at the broken vase. She knows that I didn't intend to do it. We both know that we did it. But there's, there the vase is broken. Now, what do I have to say? I, I, I said what people naturally have to say. I said, Mom. I, I told her the obvious. I said, Mom, I broke your vase. I'm sorry. I, I had to tell her what I did, and I, need to, I needed to express regret to it, for it, because I needed to hear my mother say what? I needed, to, I needed to hear my mother say, that's okay. I still love you. It, it, it's a, a confession. You can make a case for Catholic confession with, without even talking about religion, which I just did with this vase story. So, why do we go to confession? We go to confession because we have a need to tell God what we've done. We have a need to tell God our failings. Even though God saw them, God knows them. Just the way mom saw me break that vase. I had to tell mom the obvious. We need to go to confession because we need to hear the priest say we're forgiven. We need to hear the priest say that we are reconciled back with the church. And we need to move on from that sin by confessing that sin. Confession is good for the soul. It's also very scriptural, as we know, how in the Gospel of John, our Lord told his disciples to go and to forgive sins. The sins you forgive are forgiven. The sins you retain are retained. We can go through scriptural proofs for Catholic confession, but uh, I, I have this to say to all of you. Confession is not a burden. Confession is freedom. It is in confession that we truly experience reconciliation with the church. We know that in internal form, the seal of confession is inviolate. And the priest cannot repeat anything you say in confession because the priest is listening to your conversation with our Almighty Lord. And to, is, is going to confession easy? No, going to confession isn't easy. It's not easy, but it's freedom. And we need to at least experience this uh, before we celebrate our two biggest holidays, which is Christmas and which is uh, Easter. All right. Is confession the only way God can, can forgive sins? Of course not. The, the Bible tells us that, for example, we read in Scripture, leading someone to the faith covers a multitude of sin. God can forgive sins however God wants to forgive sins. But the sacramental sure way 
is the sacrament of confession. Though my, my Lutheran friends always asked me in, in Williston, you know, when we were growing up, Schumacher, how do you know, how do you know if you're forgiven? We, we tell God we're sorry. How do you, how do you know you're forgiven? How, how do you, well, I mean, as, as a little boy, I mean, an answer, a little Catholic boy says, how do, how do I know? Well, I, I know because I went to confession and I received absolution and that freedom. To uh, appreciate our callers, thank you for that call. This is Straight Talk. And uh, if you want to get on the air, it's 877-795-0122. We're coming up on 50 minutes past the hour. This is Real Presence Live. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. We are on the road at Country Kitchen in Dickinson. Let's get right to the next question. When children make their first Holy Communion, are they still, uh, uh, are they still enrolled in the brown scapular at the time? And what does it mean to be enrolled in the brown scapular? I heard in the news, Catholic news, that uh, pro-lifers have... Uh, there's two questions here. I hear in the news that, uh, uh, that pro-lifers have great hopes that Roe v. Wade will be overturned. In some churches after Mass, uh, St. Michael's is, is prayed. Uh, why is this not the standard in all churches at every Mass? It seems so appropriate in this in this right for life. Let's take that one first. Well, the St. Michael prayer, remember, became a tradition to be prayed after the extraordinary uh, form. So, in the, there are there are two uh, two forms to the Catholic rite of Mass. There's the ordinary form, and there's the extraordinary form. The ordinary form is the Novus Ordo. We can call that the English Mass. If you want to, fine, go ahead. The extraordinary form is, is uh, from the 64 Missal, and that is called the Latin Mass. I offer both forms. I offer the complete Latin rite. Some priests do, some priests don't. It doesn't matter. And at, when I offer the extraordinary form, we pray the St. Michael's Prayer at the end. It's a tradition for, for some parishes to do that. It's not in the ordinary right. It's not in the form of the ordinary right. It's not in the rubrics to do that. And what I try and do is just do what the rubrics tell me to do. If your priest does it, fine. Let's talk a little bit about Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade is a Supreme Court decision that's built on sand. We, we know that. We know that there are serious flaws in that. And I, I, do, I do believe that there will come a day when we will look back on this history uh, and we will be freed from this plague of abortion uh, just as we look back in our history and we are we we were, were were amazed that we ever had the plague of slavery. Uh, the the abortion argument is not a religious discussion. Abortion is about civil rights. Uh, and remember, Planned Parenthood makes their money on abortion. That's neither here nor there, as the Supreme Court will allow. I believe that the Supreme Court eventually will throw this argument back to the states. I believe individual states will make their own decisions on abortion. I remember I was uh, actually, uh, speaking of craft beer, I was in Denver for a meeting, uh, minding my own business, drinking some, uh, I was probably looking for some, uh, some craft beer. I was walking down, downtown, uh, downtown Denver. A Planned Parenthood representative came up with a clipboard and asked me if I'm concerned about the rights of women. And I said, yeah, yes, I'm very concerned about the rights of women. And he, he said, well, will you, will you uh, support Planned plan Parenthood? We, 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 support the rights of, we support the rights of women. 
and I and I I told him I said so you support the rights of women by aborting a girl in the womb every 10 seconds is is that your support of the rights of women well we we believe in reproductive rights and I said no women women uh, are first girls and girls are first in the womb so uh, don't get faked out by planned parenthood support of the rights of women planned parenthood uh, makes their uh, money in part of killing women in the in the womb who are who are girls and uh, by the way that movie unplanned powerful movie you're not going to hear about it in the mainstream media it's a powerful mo- and, and 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 I think some of the advertisers even 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 uh, I, I think uh, Twitter didn't allow it to be advertised Instagram I think fa- uh, you know you, you, you have this low budget pro-life movie which became which became an enemy of of, of so many of the uh, corporate America why because it tells the truth about abortion we have five minutes to go here this is real presence live I want to I want to thank Country Kitchen, but I also want to recognize another one of our sponsors, and that's uh, Fisher Industries. Uh, Fisher Industries here in, in Dickinson. Uh, I am great friends with uh, Michael Fisher. I know Tommy down in Arizona. Uh, I, I, and actually, I, I, I was honored to have the funeral mass for Gene Fisher here in town. But uh, Fisher Industries is a sponsor. Uh, it is brought to you in part by... Fisher Industries. We've heard about Fisher Industries a lot in uh, in the uh, building the wall. They uh, are a highly efficient um, corporation. Fisher Industry. What do they do? They serve all aspects of the aggregate processing industry, from design and fabrication of aggregate equipment. What does that mean? It means when, when you see road construction and they're separating uh, gravel to build a road. By the way, we take our roads for granted. We take good roads for granted in this country. A, f- a fisher industry, in part, uh, solves that. They process and and uh, they uh, they sort the use of aggregate materials. Fisher Industries can be found online at fisherind.com, F-I-S-H-E-R-I-N-D.com. And I went to their last open house with my staff, Fisher Industries here in Dickinson, to walk through and to to see the, 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 the equipment they developed to sort aggregate, to build, and to provide our roads. So that loud truck right there can drive in, in comfort. We, we have, in part, <laughs> Fisher Industries to thank for that, and I want to thank them for their sponsorship. We're here at Country Kitchen in Dickinson. Um, Brandon Clark is here. Steve Splonskowski is here with his family. Hello to the Splonskowskis again. Mike Kedrowski is here. And it's a, it's, a, it's a great day to have a great day, and it's a great day to listen to Real Presence Live, and we appreciate, we really appreciate all of our listeners and all of our sponsors. He's coming back. There we go. He's back again. That's 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 <laughs> that's one of our fans. If you uh, would like to support Real Presence Radio, you can you can find us online yourcatholicradiostation.com, yourcatholicradiostation.com. And I want to thank uh, all who uh, who put us on the air. That was straight talk. We're coming up on 57 minutes past the hour, and we got another show, uh, another hour of the show for you. These these uh, go so so quick. We're gonna when we come back after the break, we're gonna go to the prayerfully yours segment. All right, what does this mean? This means that we're gonna we're gonna pray for your intentions. 
right here on the air. We're going to we're going to take your everyday requests, asking for prayers, and we're going to pray for you. And then we're going to help you with your faith and uh, do what we can to bring some grace and comfort uh, to your life uh, today. The Prayerfully Your segment is coming up on the top of the hour. If you would like to uh, send in a prayer request, please do that by way of Facebook, um, or you can uh, also probably call and get, on, uh, get that prayer request as well. We, we have a lot of people who are sick, we have a lot of people who are suffering. We have a lot of people who are rejoicing and a lot of people who have uh, different things to be thankful for. So as a community of faith, right, right here on Real Presence Live, as we're on the road at Country Kitchen in Dickinson, we're going to hold your prayer requests up to, uh, up to God the Father, and we're going to, for sure, have a, a consolation and answer to our prayers. Remember, God answers all of our prayers, not always in ways that, that we expect. And then we're going to also visit with uh, Marlo Nelson, who is uh, uh, the owner here at Country Kitchen in Dickinson. We're going to talk about well, a little bit about the food business and what Country Kitchen does here and, and how she supports uh, Catholic Radio and really lives, lives her faith. So it's a great day to be Catholic. It's a great day to listen to Real Presence Live. We're enjoying uh, the, the, uh, the, the outdoors here, and uh, we're enjoying these days of July. Don't let this summer pass you by. Uh, we, we all know the February that we had. We all know how uh, we're probably enjoying this summer more than others. And we will be back in just a moment. Don't forget the moon landing anniversary on Saturday. I have a word to say about that. And, and it, it's, it's a word about the optimism and the courage that these astronauts exhibited has to exhibit, has to be replicated by the optimism and the courage we have as we live our faith. Moon landing, July 20th. I was two and a half years old, and I remember that vividly. We'll be back in just a moment. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. We are on the road in Dickinson.